Hello, and welcome to Rise of the Data Cloud. Today's episode features an interview with Stefan Williams and Uri May. Stefan is the head of corporate development and Snowflake Ventures at Snowflake, and Uri is the co-founder and CEO of Hunters. In this episode, Stefan shares the in and outs of Snowflake Ventures and a guide to managing an investment portfolio. Then Uri talks about what it's like having Snowflake Ventures as an investor, how their product works hand-in-hand with Snowflake, and much more. So please enjoy this interview between Stefan Williams, Uri May, and your host, Steve Hamm. Welcome, Stefan and Uri. It's great to have you here. And we very seldom have two people on, so it's kind of fun and different. I think it would be great if you would you'd both begin by explaining a little bit about who you are and what your role is in the company. So, Stefan, would you start with that? Great, yeah. Hi, Steve, and thanks for having us on the podcast today. So, yeah, my name's Stefan Williams. I run the corporate development team here at Snowflake, which includes both M&A and Snowflake Ventures. I've been at the company now for coming up two years and have a background in corporate development and ventures at ServiceNow and Genesis and prior in technology investment banking. So my role and responsibility is really thinking through how to how to think through acquisitions, like to what extent can we accelerate and augment our existing efforts through through acquiring teams and, and technology. And then also through the lens of Snowflake Ventures, where I'm sure we'll get into it in a bit, Steve, on how we can think through investing in businesses to augment our ecosystem and drive value for our, our customers. Right, right. Great answer. So, Uri, what's your background? Uh, yeah, thanks, Steve. So, my name is Uri May. I'm a co-founder and CEO of Hunters, cybersecurity startup out of Tel Aviv, Israel. Um, and we've been working for Snowflake basically from day one. In the beginning, we worked with them um, as a security vendor, helping the security team. And then we started building the partnership and that led to the investment. And we're going to talk all about it, but um, super excited to be here. And thank you for having me. No, that's great. Uri. So Snowflake has spent nearly a decade establishing the data cloud as a major strategic platform for any business seeking to be data-driven. Now, through Snowflake Ventures, you're supporting an ecosystem of companies that help customers better manage and analyze data. So, Stefan, I want want to talk to you in depth here. Why did the company initially set up Snowflake Ventures? Yeah, great, great question, Steve. So, Snowflake Ventures was really set up to incentivize our partners to strategically align with Snowflake in a way that, that goes above and beyond a regular partnership in order to better serve our joint customers and hopefully prospective customers. And this can take many forms, but in general, two kind of resonate with me at least. One is this concept of being powered by Snowflake where partners are leveraging Snowflake as a key component of their backend infrastructure. And the other is just around a better integrated experience or more computational push down to Snowflake and keeping data where it resides within within the data cloud platform. And so we've set up this, this program internally to, to, again, put some wind behind the sales of partners that are really leaning into the data cloud and invest in their business to, to really go and help them achieve achieve some of those goals. And again, very aligned to the, the strategic side of the house where we're trying to help our partners drive mutual value for, for our customers. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know that a lot of tech companies, established tech companies, have venture programs. It seems to me that maybe Snowflake started earlier, or usually you think of big, well-established companies doing it. So I'd, I'd like to get a sense of like, why did Snowflake do this now? And is there anything different about the way you're approaching it than, than typical? Or did you model it on some other big corporate venture program? So Snowflake, we're, we're a platform. And I think that there's, when we very first started kind of the thought process of, of, a, of a venture platform or playbook, we, we did speak to a bunch of the you know, corporate VC arms in NFI enterprise software. And, and really there's, there's a spectrum as to how corporate VCs can operate. You've got some that act like more traditional VCs deploying large amount of capital and very ROI focused. And I guess companies or VCs that fit into that bucket are really kind of the likes of Intel Capital, M12, and even Salesforce Ventures. But on, on the other end of that spectrum, you've really got companies, which is where Snowflake fits, which really think about deploying not really about the, the the deployment and ROI aspect, although that is important, but the strategic relevance and the strategic component. And so our, our philosophy is, is centered around making investments that are highly strategic in nature. We don't have a dedicated fund, which which some of the others do. We, we invest directly off of the company's balance sheet as and when it makes sense versus being kind of constrained by any fund uh, size or optics there. And for some of our investments, and and many of them, in fact, we've actually gone above and beyond just an investment and and really formalized an agreement from a commercial perspective, whereby we're now tying into better product integrations and and go-to-market alignment. And some of those have actually been very fruitful and effective as well. And so we we see investing as a way to really augment and accelerate this economy that is being built on top of Snowflake to to really drive value and use cases to, to our customers that we otherwise wouldn't be able to go and achieve. And so was it was a key part of getting us up and off the ground when when we thought about investing. Yeah. Now I have a sense that like a lot of other things at Snowflake, this has gotten going really fast. You've accelerated. How many investments have you made so far? And what are the criteria you use for choosing your partners? In true Snowflake fashion, it definitely has been a bit of a rocket ship. We don't publicly disclose the actual numbers, but I, I think We've, we've done over a dozen investments now in the first year, and we've deployed probably over 100 million of capital in the first year of operation. I think asking me at the beginning, would we have got to where we've got in a year? I, w- I would have certainly said no, but I think that the, the traction and the ecosystem that is that is coming to be that, that is built around Snowflake is so fruitful that there, there are just so many opportunities to really lean in and, and, and drive those better outcomes for mutual customers. In terms of criteria, I think there's kind of a couple things to, a couple layers, I guess, to think about. The high level stuff is some of the things I was alluding to earlier around the fact that in true corporate VC, we, we don't lead, or we, we try not to lead rounds. We, we piggyback off of an institutional round of capital. We try to invest in the bracket of series A through to pre-IPO. The seed stage investing, we, we try to leave as, as part of our startup competition that I'm happy to talk about in, in, right. in a bit and deploy anything from one to 20 million. But I think the other layer to that is really, we often get asked, we've just signed a term sheet, would love Snowflake Ventures to invest, are you interested? And we're just not set up to simply deploy capital and make make these investments. We're not a VC, we're not trying to be a VC per se. It's really around thinking through what, what the strategic rationale is and as to why we should invest. And, and it can't just be, well, we're a partner today, that, that's great. And we've got a great partner program in place. And if that's the case, then then we'd love to make that connection. But all of our investments go through this internal investment committee process. And so 
there does need to be this good strategic rationale and reason to make an investment that does go above and beyond a regular partnership. And so these relationships don't happen overnight. And and I often say that if you are interested in Snowflake Ventures leaning in and being being a closer partner and potential investor, then let's have that conversation sooner than later. Let's not wait until the round is imminent. The other thing maybe just to touch upon, Steve, is that we are a platform and we've got to be very mindful of it. And so we're not looking to be kingmakers or, or really pick winners in the space. Rather, we want to elevate the conversation on how we can further align our products so that joint customers stand to benefit. And this actually also means that we, we don't invest exclusively. We've made multiple investments in, in, in similar spaces. And as you can imagine, like we'll make an investment in in one company and often get one or two or three come back to us and say, well, why then them, not me? Us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or why, why have you picked them, not me? And if we have a solid rationale around that is grounded and founded on a product level integration or experience that does go above and beyond this regular partnership concept, then we've elevated the bar. And I always say to other companies that come, come knocking is if you want to elevate the bar and really lean into the data cloud and, and really drive value for mutual customers as well, let's have that conversation. And so an example of this is some of our earlier investments with, within the ML space with Data Robot and Data IQ. So another, I guess, interesting data point as to how we think about things. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. You, you talk about the data cloud. People talk about the modern data stack, which I think are pretty much the same things. Still relatively immature when you think about big, long trends in computing. Are there areas within data cloud or the modern data stack where you think there there needs to be some you know some maturing some hardening or some new features that are really going to make this thing much more powerful whether it be for small companies or large ones and is part of what you're doing with with snowflake ventures helping to fill in those those gaps or strengthen those areas where there might be weaknesses or immaturities today yeah no, it's a, it's a great a great question the way I look at it is is that Snowflake is the data infrastructure layer. We know what we're good at and we've built a world-class data platform, but we don't have the domain knowledge to go and solve for certain use cases and, and lines of business. And so whether that be kind of a, a horizontal application, an example again in, in security, right? The security space is we don't know how to sell to the security analyst or the CISO. Um, or the CRO or the CFO, the, the different functional leaders that we, we just don't know how to, to sell to. And also, if you think about that on the vertical guardrails as well, with whether it be in supply chain or manufacturing or retail or healthcare. And so we have a, an ecosystem that, that can stand on the shoulders of Snowflake and what we built for the data cloud, such that they're able to, to really drive applications and use cases and drive the, the value of data to the front lines and the people that are making decisions. And so at Snowflake Ventures, we're always looking to partner and, and help extend the tentacles of Snowflake into these lines of businesses or new data personas that we otherwise would not be able to get. And partners are a, a great way to enable our customers to truly embark on, on an enterprise-wide data-driven strategy that, that really gets to, to all, all levels of the business. So our investment strategy is really trying to proliferate that. Yeah, I understand uh how a platform works like that. And I think, you know, one of the great strengths of Snowflake was it it was a platform from the very beginning. It saw itself that way and, and created itself that way. I just want to probe a little bit further on this area. What about some of these new capabilities that need to come along to really fulfill the long-term vision of the data cloud? 
are some of those things that you're investing in through Snowflake Ventures? Yeah, definitely. If you take the data science workload where Snowflake continuously is is innovating and enabling more and more of those workflows to reside in Snowflake and, and, and not having to have our customers create copies of data to go and fulfill the data science and uh, objectives. And so you know, we have invested in, in, again, I've referred to Data IQ and, and, and Data Robot that, that really is enabling and incentivizing them to, to not create silos within joint customers, but to lean on the infrastructure that Snowflake is providing to increasingly have those workloads reside within Snowflake. So definitely see that as a path for us here. Yeah, you mentioned those those two companies. I've noticed that a number of the startups you've invested in have analytics applications, maybe specifically for data scientists or other types of data users, really powerful apps. How do you see the analytics market developing and how is Snowflake helping it develop? I would say I'll give you my best spin at it, <laughs> Steve. Yeah. I'm sure a product manager would, would do a better job here. But look, I think technology advancements have change the way that companies are thinking about data. You've got data teams now with data analysts, data engineers, data scientists are trying to seamlessly work together to push insights to decision makers. And through offerings like Snowpark, which is a really exciting new feature in Snowflake, we're trying to extend data programmability to the language of choice for some of these personas, where you're able to do a lot of the, the functions now without having to extract or make copies of your data. And so you recently come out with, or we've seen some, some announcements at our last summit around Java and Scala. And these are just some really exciting new ways to drive value for workloads operating within Snowflake. As a result, you have data silos being centralized more and more into Snowflake as, as their data platform. And this is only being proliferated and helped by the powered by Snowflake applications and community that, that are now aligning and driving the value to different lines of businesses. The other thing I'd say is that well, actually, trend. before Sorry? we leave that, I just want to make sure we have a, a range of people listening to the podcast, some technical, some more business. Now, explain the snow park thing a little bit more. Basically, before a data scientist would, would actually pull the data even out of Snowflake, operate it on their, on their desktop or their laptop or whatever, and then put it back in. But now they don't have to go through that exercise anymore, correct? Exactly. And so by enabling data scientists to pull data out of Snowflake and doing the whole build, deploy, model, maintain the whole ML pipeline yeah. outside of Snowflake, you're creating a copy of data that that has to be governed and needs to adhere with certain compliance rules and regulations. And as you scale and as you have more and more data scientists doing that, that's a very hard problem to manage. Right. Right. And so Snowpark's really enabling that persona, the data scientist and the data and the ML engineer to really operate within the parameters of Snowflake in the in the language that they're used to developing in. And, right. and Snowpark is where they're able to do a lot of the machine learning workload now within Snowflake without having to create a, a copy of that data. But they're also adhering and, and have better programs now to manage the compliance needs. And they're doing it without compromising scale or performance so right. it's, it's a really it's a win-win for for customers which is ultimately why we're, we're kind of pushing the programmability side of of snowpark yeah good, good hey thanks for explaining that now do you remember where you were going before i had interrupted yeah you? no yeah okay. there's a couple of i think additional points just as it relates yeah. to kind of some of the, the trends maybe the other thing i think is interesting is, is data itself is becoming an asset and and i think 
companies and partners and are starting to think about new incremental revenue streams that, that data can generate. And what's really cool with, with Snowflake and, and the data marketplace and the ability to share and collaborate with data seamlessly from within Snowflake, it's opening up just endless opportunities for, for customers and, and partners to think about potentially new revenue streams. We actually just did an announcement in a few weeks ago in a company called Habu in the ad tech space and advertising space. And it's around data clean room mm-hmm. and it's all empowered within the falls of Snowflake where two customers can now collaborate on data in a way that they would not have been able to before, where they're able to retain the analytical integrity and their specific privacy needs around the data, but also collaborate and share on on data and get analytical value from that by using the Habu kind of powered by Snowflake application. Mm-hmm. Some really interesting use cases around, around data and data as an asset that we see is, is, is particularly interesting. And then, yeah, I guess the, the, the last point I'll mention is just around the extensibility, uh, whether data be structured, semi-structured, or, or unstructured now with the, with the latest developments we have around unstructured data, whether that data is generated via batch or continuously streamed from devices, whether it's raw, refined, cleansed, or, or even deduped. I think our goal at Snowflake is really to provide our customers and partners with this single platform that simplifies the process of storing and extracting value from data across the entire data estate. Again, without compromising this governance or performance, we believe we've got to a place where this is a reality and we're super excited about where where we see our customers and partners take it. Yeah, that's really good. Now, up at the top, I I pushed you to talk about money and about the investment angle on this, but I know that Snowflake helps companies that are in its investment portfolio in a lot of other ways. So if you could go into detail on that, that would be great. Sure. Every investment is different, but... At a high level, there's access to executives and product teams, and, and there's a dialogue that can happen. There's go-to-market alignment uh, and connection with certain customers and partners within the Snowflake community. And ultimately, I think it provides credibility within the community itself. So those are things I think you, you probably end up having conversations and having the right people to talk to um, when, when there's issues and topics to talk about. The thing that I find most useful, and I, I hope that Uri would agree, but we have this concept of a quarterly business review. Well, we get on the phone every every quarter, we spend an hour together and we go through the things that are going well. What are the success stories? What are the customer wins? And how are we driving value for customers? And what are the, what are the stories that we can tell around that? But also what, what's not working well? Where can we improve ourselves? And, and so it really becomes a collaborative effort and trying to, to drive value for customers that we can then proliferate to more customers, right? So, so, that, so that more customers are able to get, to get the value from, from the platform. So I wouldn't say there's kind of a hard and fast, you get these things, A, B, C, and D. It's more of a collaboration and exposure to, to the right people to have the right conversations at the right time. Yeah, it's interesting to think about because, you know, you have your your Black Diamond group, your customers giving you all that very intensive, deep feedback. Often it's as a group of people, but sometimes it's individual companies. But here, from your portfolio companies, you're getting some really deep, probably technology feedback but also some knowledge of domains, of, of markets, of things like that. So I could see how that would be a really valuable thing for both companies going in both directions. Exactly. Our, our partners push us in all the right directions and they're continuously pushing us to innovate and moving faster. So it's a definitely a bi-directional relationship. Yeah, yeah. Now we've been, we've been talking mostly here, I, I think, 
about some of the larger investments you've made. You said, you know, anywhere from a million to 20 million. But you did mention earlier, you cast a really wide net in part through running the Snowflake Startup Challenge. Talk about that seed money, that program, the kind of money it's in it, and, and the kind of relationships you're developing out of it. Yeah. So it's called the Snowflake Startup Challenge. It's currently in year two, but it's a, it's a, it's a startup, it's a challenge or a competition for startups that are very early in their journey and looking for a seed stage funding event. And it's really around companies that are leveraging Snowflake as a core part of their data infrastructure. And so last year we announced, I think towards the end of the year, end of 2020, and we, we closed it in I think March or April time and had, we, I think we had over 200 applications from over 50 different countries. We had, it was such incredible traction. We got that down to a short list and then a bunch of semifinalists, which was, I think, top 10. And ultimately, a top three that presented at our summit, June summit you know, user conference in front of the, the thousands of people that were attending. And we had a panel of, of, of judges, I think largely the same as what we're having this year, Benoit Dashville, our, our co-founder, Denise Person, our CMO, we had Carl Essenbosch from Sequoia and uh, Mike Spicer from Sutter Hill do the judging. And, and the winner had the opportunity to win $250,000 from a convertible note seed investment. Mm. And so given the traction and, and the success that we saw from that first year, we've upped the ante. And so this year we're going to be doing a million dollars of prize money, but really in the form of an investment. So that not just the top one, it will be the top three finalists have the opportunity to win or to get an investment of up to a million dollars in, in total from Snowflake Ventures. So that competition was launched in October. The deadline is in March of next year. Great. And hopefully, if COVID stays away, we'll all be in, in person in June at our user conference next year with a judging panel very similar to last year and hopefully an exciting bunch of startups giving us their pitch. No, that's very exciting. It, it'll be so great to get back to normal or semblance yeah. of it anyway. Yeah. Hey, I know that uh, I think it was Overlay Analytics was the winner last June and they got the 250000 um, in cash. What was so impressive about that company and its technology? And does it kind of exemplify your investment strategy? How does it reflect on that? Yeah. Overlay Analytics was a great winner. To give you some context, they rethink financial reporting. So their end application provides mid-market executives a single view of their entire business while also providing it to the underlying data models. If you read the pitches, that the platform is designed to eliminate data silos by visually and securely conveying a singular data narrative across the firm. Hmm. For me, that resonates with, with exactly how we're operating. And, and again, they, they are extending the value of Snowflake to areas of the business that we just are not selling to today. And so there's perfect alignment from a partnership perspective. They have a great team. They have a product that was in market at the time and continues to get really good traction with proven customers that, that were happy. And so it, we're super happy with, with the overlay team and is super excited about where they're going as well. Now, our other guest on the podcast today is Uri May, who is the co-founder and CEO of Hunters and is one of the first independent analytics vendors to build its application on top of the Snowflake platform very early on. And Hunters is also one of the companies that Snowflake Ventures has invested in. Why did you invest in Hunters? We love Hunters. Hunters has a great, has always has been a great partner for a long time. Uh, 
And I'm not just saying that because Uri is on. Look, so so to this point of just extending the persona that Snowflake can adhere to, we don't sell to the security analyst. And and so by by bringing hunters in, they're able to to help sell a new workload for a new user persona that's ultimately driven by Snowflake under the hood. I think what's really interesting with hunters is that they have a couple of deployment models, which are really interesting to to think through. For the for the Snowflake customer or the joint customer that we have, hunters can sit on top of the customer's existing Snowflake account and augment their existing data. So in this model, when a customer uses hunters, the data doesn't leave their Snowflake account and they're consuming their own Snowflake credits. And that's really interesting for a couple of reasons. I think from the customer's perspective, they get to keep control of the data and there's a governance and, and compliance benefit to that. From the Snowflake's perspective, it's really interesting because our reps are, are now wanting to bring in hunters to our accounts so that they can drive additional consumption, which they benefit from directly being in the sales organization. And for hunters, and, and I'll let Eri speak to it in a bit, but they benefit from the fact that we've now got go-to-market alignment and a bunch of our reps are trying to bring them into new accounts. And so hunters was one of our very first investments and we're, we're extremely happy as to how they've yeah. progressed and grown as yeah. a business. Now, I understand that Snowflake is a Hunter's customer as well. Could you describe how Snowflake uses the technology? Yeah. And to be honest, that's the way we actually, or I became aware of the company at the beginning, was that we were a customer. So yeah, Snowflake security team uses Snowflake as a way to get visibility across our infrastructure applications. This gives a, a big boost to the people keeping our solution secure. But just having the data in a Snowflake security data lake and being able to analyze it quickly is not really enough in, in this world. And so yeah. what Hunters brings is the algorithms that connect the dots across huge data sets that we have in, in Snowflake. So for example, if there's an admin that gets a bad email and then the user does something bad on a laptop and then something bad happens in another system, Hunters will catch it. And so they, they've baked world-class human expertise into something that just works at machine speed. And it doesn't get tied or stop for Christmas dinner. And it's been a really valuable layer for Snowflake as one that's helped keep us secure over the years. Yeah, cool. So Uri, you've shown great patience here listening to Stefan, but I want to talk to you now. Uh, it would be great if you would start by describing what your technology does and why it's such a breakthrough in cloud data security. Thank you, Steve. And thank you, Stefan, for the, uh, for the kind words and doing such a great job at representing Hunters. Hunters is a security operations center platform that is focused on helping analysts to detect, investigate, and respond to threats in their environment. One of the biggest uh, unique capabilities that we bring into the table is our ability to take large amounts of data from a very diverse set of data sets that are generated from security products all over the environment and run unique behavioral analytics on top of them um, and then correlate the signals that we're extracting to actually form a an holistic and strong representation of attacks that are happening in the environment. In today's world, this is something that is very complicated to do. It requires very deep understanding of the way attackers operate and then the ability to model those techniques, tactics, and procedures that attackers are using into analytics that can run in scale. And then running those analytics on massive amounts of data, sometimes petabytes of data, with a lot of challenges around differentiating the signal from the noise. And so just to, to, wrap it, to wrap it up, I would say that one of the biggest things that we're bringing in is unique domain expertise that is delivered on top of customer's data, as Stefan mentioned earlier, without any data limitation. 
and with a very high signal to noise ratio in terms of the level of the insights that we were able to generate. So how did the relationship with Snowflake begin and how has it developed since then? Yeah, so I think it's a really good example of a very healthy evolution in terms of the partnership. We started as with Snowflake security team as a customer. They were one of our earliest customers. And in the beginning, we worked in the capacity of a design partnership. In the work with the security team, we actually realized that Snowflake is an amazing data platform. And the work that we've done for this, for Snowflake security team, is something that we can actually replicate and offer to other security, uh, to other Snowflake customers. And that's what led to the partnership that was all about reaching out to Snowflake customer base and seeing if they're interested in a new way to analyze their data and to support the security operations center analysts. And I think that, I mean, the results were amazing. And we saw that there is really high demand for new ways to leverage security data to improve the overall security posture of enterprises all over the world out of Snowflake customer base. And that led us to be on the radar for Stefan and the new venture that he and Snowflake set up back in the days a year ago. And that led to an investment from Snowflake. So we went all the way from being just a customer to being a customer and a partner to also be a customer and a partner, partner in a portfolio company. So does the relationship include a lot of integration or coordination of the technologies so that they work together? really well or seamlessly for the customer? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the integration between Hunters and Snowflake is very deep. We leverage Snowflake capability for data sharing that is basically all about allowing customers to use Hunters to integrate into the different security products that they have, ingest the data into their own Snowflake, and then through data sharing, we're actually analyzing and reading those security telemetry data sets that we're analyzing and we're able to provide those unique insights, what we call attack stories, which are basically correlated signals that are coming from all over the attack surface. It could be email or network or endpoint or cloud or SaaS. And all of that is being delivered, like I said earlier, as, as a SaaS cloud solution, where Snowflake is basically the data layer of everything. And so the data is stored in Snowflake. It's in the customer Snowflake. So they have complete control. And they have full audit, full kill switch, and they own it, so no vendor lock. And then from our perspective, we get the chance to enjoy the scale and performance that the Snowflake platform is offering. How has the relationship helped hunters succeed? Uh, so I think the biggest thing for any startup is, is accelerating the go-to-market. Our ability to build that partnership and then scale it and use that to access Snowflake vast customer base was amazing. When we started talking about replacing legacy SIMs, it made it even more concrete. And when you talk about replacing a SIM, which is such a core mission critical system inside the security organization, doing it in association with the Snowflake brand and under kind of like the Snowflake umbrella gave us a lot of very needed external validation. And that was super important for us. And until now, the integration itself has worked amazing also for the customers that were able to enjoy massive total cost of ownership reduction in the same time, the ability to introduce data sets that until now were too big to even start thinking about analyzing right. uh, before they met a solution like Hunters and Snowflake. 
No, that's great. Hey, you know, I thought of something else. I think when I first talked to you a year ago, the name of the company was Hunters AI, and now it's changed to Hunters. Is there an interesting backstory behind the name change? Not really. I think we felt that one of the, in the immediate reaction that customers have to AI and security is a little bit like snake oil. And it's more about the how, it's not about the what, like AI. And I think that we're, we're seeing this trend now in marketing where a lot of companies are coming off the AI buzz train and are talking about the essence and what they're actually doing. So I think it was that, but no real concrete change of like the architecture or the technology or something like that. Yeah, so the AI is an ingredient. It's not the whole thing. It's not exactly. the magic of the company. Exactly. So, oh, that makes total sense. Exactly. Yeah, and we go in these we go in these hype cycles, and sometimes at a certain point in a hype cycle, the hype seems too much, right? And and then it starts to lose exactly. its luster. Yeah, that's interesting. Exactly. If everyone says it, it's not interesting anymore. It's not sexy anymore. Oh well, we're we're still at the beginning of it, though, right? So yeah. Anyway, hey, well, thank you for answering those questions, Uri. I want to go back to Stefan real quickly before we wrap up. Uh, Stefan, I, I noticed that so far, Snowflake has made very few outright acquisitions. And do you expect that to pick up at some point, or is it mainly going to be the ventures approach with small strategic investments or even medium-sized strategic investments? What's the potential for acquisitions? Yeah, so we're always on the lookout and evaluating different opportunities on the M&A side to help think through how do we augment and accelerate our existing efforts. So while there may not be as many true acquisitions that you're seeing, I think there's still a lot of a lot of thinking and a lot of work going on. I think that we're in the early innings, only now just over a year coming through our IPO process, but really at the early innings of our M&A journey. And so I, it's kind of a cruel walk run approach. You don't want to go and do something huge that you can't integrate and digest and prove yeah, value from. Right. And so how do you how do you start crawling before you run and have dedicated teams and processes in place to actually make those acquisitions successful and valuable for the company and our customers? Yeah. So we're on our journey. We're early on. I do think over time it becomes an increasing component of our business. But at this point, we're still very much on the tech and talent how do we accelerate the roadmap yeah. Yeah. thinking? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When I look at the history of technology over the past 100 years or so, ecosystems have proven to be very powerful and durable, both for the participants in the ecosystems and also for their customers. So it's really good to see another strong ecosystem really taking off. And it, so I think this has been a, a wonderful conversation about that. And I thank you both for, for talking to us today and, and, and great insights from both of you. This is the last episode of our season, our second season, but I want all of our listeners to stay tuned for a special bonus episode early 2022. I'll be catching up with Snowflake CEO Frank Slootman on his upcoming leadership and business book, Amp It Up. And we know that, that Frank amps it up. And he, he knows from which he speaks. So I'm really looking forward to that conversation. And I think a lot of people will be interested to see what he has to say about leadership. So thank you all very much. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Steve. The Data Cloud World Tour is making 21 stops around the globe so you can learn about the latest innovations at Snowflake's Data Cloud at a venue near you. 
Join your fellow data leaders at one of our full-day events to network with Snowflake customers and technology partners, attend educational breakout sessions, and learn how to drive more value from your data. Find an event near you at www.snowflake.com data cloud world tour.